Hi FM presents South African politics and news with the South African Institute of Race Relations. The IRR show, independent, relevant and real, is hosted by Big Daddy Liberty and Sarah Gon every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10, promoting life, liberty and property rights. Welcome back and I'd like to introduce you to our colleague, uh, Gabriel Krauser, who has been on the show before. Um, welcome, Gabriel. Thank you so much for having me. How's it, Sarah? How's it, Tifle? Gabriel. Hello, Gabriel. Um, um, Gabriel, we, we, before sorry, the break, delay. you know, um, before the break, we were really chewing on this issue of uh, the rural economy, number one, and also issues faced by rural citizens in this country. And we're going to zoom in with you by looking at the issue of rural safety or the lack, really, thereof of it. Um, but before we do that, um, I do want to just have you, uh, you know, who is Gabriel Krauser and what do you do with things to the race relations? Thanks. Um, so I am sort of have been for two, two and a half years now at the Institute in search of a title. I keep uh, describing myself as a journalist and uh, the higher-ups keep asking me to add more fancy words to it. But really, I, I'm, just, I'm just a journalist. You know, I just uh, I look at data, I go out in the field, I talk to people, and I, and I write reports. And, uh, yeah, it does include some analysis. I think sometimes you've got to connect the dots and not just lay them out there. So journalist, analyst, researcher. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I joined the Institute in, in 2018, uh, because I saw that expropriation without compensation uh, had hit Parliament uh, with an amendment to amend the, uh, an attempt to amend the Constitution to allow for EWC, and uh, I asked an old uh, friend and mentor of mine, Rian Milan, where can I go work to 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 add my voice to try and put a stop to that? And he said, "There's nowhere better than the IRR." So I suppose that's how I came to the IRR, and ever since then I've. Written about finance, written about uh, rural areas, uh, written about COVID. You know, you follow follow the news, I suppose. Um, Gabriel, uh, yes, uh, you're quite correct. Our CEO is a great fan of uh, lofty titles, um, so keep resisting it at all costs. But essentially, Indeed. everything seems to have a link to expropriation without compensation. Um, hmm. Even the well, let's go back. You were part of the team on behalf of the IRR together with Sikhle that went to Senekal for the bail hearing uh, of the two alleged, uh, uh, the two accused. Yeah. Um, you've written on that. Uh, there, you've, there've been fascinating podcasts on that, but what really picked up quickly after that and, uh, picked, and you picked it up and I'd like you to give us a bit of background as to how this happened is that the, the, the murder of, um, of Brendan Horner appears to have been related to stock theft. Mm. And it then be- became apparent, and you'll be able to take us through, that there are syndicates operating in in large swathes of the free state, um, which per se is not necessarily surprising, but what is very concerning is that they seem to involve policemen and policemen at a very high level. How yeah. did you come across this? Well, so Rapport first uh, had that as their cover story the week before the Senegal protest that we went down to. Valdemar Palsa, their, um, their chief editor, he, he, he wrote about it and he basically said there's this dossier of evidence that indicates a stock, a stock theft syndicate that uh, 
spreads over about a million hectares Bethle- from Bethlehem yeah. through Clarence, through Paul Rue, through Sienacal, down south to the border of Lesotho and going uh, further north of, of uh, Bethlehem too. And the, you know, this dossier had, it was compiled by private security and farmers. It had uh, case numbers which amounted to last year alone, in the winter of last year alone, 1,500 units of cattle stolen and only 200 odd being retrieved. So if you conservatively say 1,300 head of cattle have gone, that's over a million kilograms of Mm. cloven-hoofed beast vanished into thin air. So that area, you know, all around Lesotho, I mean, throughout the country, but especially around Lesotho, there's been a long-standing tradition of one or two sheep or one or two cattle being stolen and uh, and 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 taken away there, or maybe a dozen. But but you know, there you've got a farmer who had 135 sheep stolen in one go. Mm. It's very hard to hide that much. You know, if you just steal a little bit, you can sort of blend it into your uh, herd. Or you can slaughter it immediately and sell it off to a sort of a shady butcher. But if you're stealing large amounts of stock consistently over a long period of time, it's much harder to conceal it. That's one reason to worry about the police. The other reason to worry about the police is that there's police generals that have – where stolen stock has been found on their land. There's mm. uh, police colonels that keep their stock on other people's land. And and the thought is in exchange for, for using their grazing – they, they, they turn a blind eye when the time comes. And so I then reached out to the Hawks. So the Hawks had denied that they, that there ever was such a dossier, that they knew anything about the dossier. And, uh, and, and the rapport tried to meet with the local police in Poru and Senegal and they didn't show up. So I just followed up. I uh, spent a while emailing, phoning, trying to get through to the top, then through to the bottom. And eventually I got a statement out of the Hawks to acknowledge that they had actually been in possession of this evidence since November 2019. So things have been going for a couple of years. They've had evidence since November 2019, and they say they're going to look into how the information was used. But basically it looks like the information wasn't used to pursue any prosecution at all. Mm-hmm. And so there was free reign given to, to criminals, um, uh, potentially including the police, and and that's where the connection to EWC comes in. You know, I think that there's this very there's this very important point to make about rural safety, which is that uh, it affects black, white, rich, poor across creed, color, and class. Uh, you know, people are terrorized in rural South Africa. Mm. But that some that point is sometimes used to say, well, so don't politicize the issue. Don't. Don't, uh, you know, don't talk about, uh, uh, people being targeted because of their race. The, the, the problem with, with that extrapolation from the fact that, that all, you know, millions and millions of people are, are, are made vulnerable is the fact that the government, parliament, cabinet, members of cabinet officially endorse the idea that, uh, white people are land thieves, officially endorse the idea that if you own property, that itself is immoral. That, uh, that you, you it, it should be all taken by government and shared around. The ideology behind EWC scapegoats all of South Africa's ills onto a vulnerable minority and legitimizes the idea, the old Marxist idea, that property is theft. And that emboldens criminals, both within the police force and within uh, the civilian population. And that encourages uh, bad behavior, which 
you know, just exacerbates the problem. So, so racism in a way or, or stigmatization of white, especially Afrikaans commercial farmers, it's just a, it's just a crack in the door that's opened by government to, to, to allow a sort of, uh, a deluge of criminality to 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 flood in, and that does affect everyone. So we all have an interest in combating uh, the socialist idea that property is theft. Mm. We all have an interest in battling the racist idea that you can tell someone's moral character by looking at the color of their skin. Um, but we don't battle that idea by pretending it's not part of the problem. It is part of the mm. problem. Uh, it's just that the you know other parts of the problem include a total lack of accountability, foot dragging, an immiserated national prosecuting authority, uh, a sort of crippled intelligence service uh, special investigations unit that was basically hijacked by the Zuma faction. It's uh, you know institutionally the the rot is extremely deep, mm, mm, um, mm. but the ideology matters too. Mm. Um, just. Uh, the, the, you cover a range of issues. Um, one, just to go back to the uh, the stock theft directly, the first inkling one really had that something was was amiss and would involve the police was the fact that one of the accused uh, gentlemen had been arrested 16 times. Um, I'm not sure if he'd been charged for more than one or two offences, and in either way he didn't appear to spend any time in jail. Now, to be arrested 16 times for criminal activity suggests that you have protects here. Um, you, you're doing something for somebody who has who has uh, power and authority. Um, that certainly was, to me, the sign, the immediate sign that there's something that, that just wasn't right about about the authorities and their possible involvement in the in stock theft. Yeah, no, I think you, I think you point to a, a salient issue here. And, you know, anecdotally in uh, part of the free state a little bit further north to, towards Butterville, I went trying to, I tried to chase, uh, crop thieves, people stealing millies, because I wanted to talk to them and figure out, you know, what's their story. Mm. Um, and I came within uh, speaking distance, but uh, the conversation ended there, unfortunately. But then I did spend some time with some uh, farm workers who who basically spend their, their lives driving around on buckies in balaclavas with shotguns, uh, looking out for stock thieves and sitting in watchtowers and huge farms with moats dug around them. It's very medieval. And I asked them, you know, what happens if you do catch a, a stock thief or a crop thief? Uh, do you take them to the police? And they said, well, firstly, we used to take them to the police and put them in the back of the bucky. But mm-hmm. then after Kalini, uh, we couldn't put them in the back of the bucky anymore because the boss said, uh, if someone jumps off and, and breaks their neck, then, uh, you know, it, it, it can be it trouble, trouble for us. So we'll make them walk behind. And then the criminals would say, oh, please, can we get in the back of the bucky? It's, it's like a five kilometer walk and it's very hot. And they'd say, no, we're not allowed. Okay, just walk. Okay. So that was like the first grand irony. And then the second one, was that at that particular police station, they kept handing these guys in and they were being let out on the same day before even being properly booked. And mm. then they figured out that one of the guys that they kept arresting was literally the brother-in-law of the uh, second-in-command at that particular police station. So in that case, you know, I, I don't even think that there was necessarily a payment being made. Mm. There's just like a sense of goodwill and we're on the same team and we're against them, those guys over there. I think the worry in Senegal is that the scale of the criminality 
of the syndicate is so large, mm. and, uh, and and I keep reiterating, you know, the, the the allegations are being made against the police. That hasn't been shown. But what is beyond doubt is the scale of the number of 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 of, of, of cattle and sheep that have been stolen. It's so large that uh, it's hard not to think that money is is not also part of the problem. The kickbacks, uh, uh, you know, mm. be, being the issue there. And uh, and just one last thing, you know, the DNA evidence. Uh, uh, against one of the accused, uh, turned out to be, uh, uh it, it didn't line up, uh, mm. the, against the other one, there was a mismatch. The, 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 the DNA testing was scotched, but uh, on the second attempt, mm. it's, it's looking like he might also be vindicated by DNA evidence. And we must take that very seriously. And we must also take seriously, therefore, the possibility that in a community that's largely terrorized by the syndicate, that's, Mm. Doesn't feel like the police is a safe place to turn to. It'd be very easy for someone who's actually part of the syndicate to point a finger at two known stock thieves mm. who just did not happen to be part of the Brendan Horner case mm. so that they get arrested. It seems like you get a quick win. Then they get vindicated and then the whole story goes away and the actual perpetrators are still at large. And even more importantly, the higher ups in the mafia are, are completely, you know, at three levels of remove away from being caught. Mm. Well, uh, funny, you use the word mafia because I was just going to ask that. Doesn't this, in fact, speak mafiosi uh, in, in the extreme, in that you've got these hierarchies, things only can only happen because there is such a high level of, of organization or, or involvement? And essentially, S- South Africa seems to be um, beset with syndicates, and uh, something as large as this surely would have to have... Uh, Sort of um, the involvement of, of 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 people representing the authorities, and it can't be done otherwise. It's 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 it it would it would come undone at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say, reading the Auditor General's report earlier this year, that 30% of municipalities are criminal syndicates that pull money out of poor people and middle class people's hands and do nothing in return, excepting fatten their own nests. Mm. Uh, I, you know, if you look at our state-owned enterprises. Uh, a lot of them are basically criminal syndicates mm. that do the mm. same thing. They steal and do nothing with, and you know, that money doesn't do anything other than just fatten their own pockets. Mm. Um, so we've got very, very high levels of organized crime in this country. Uh, we've got a highly incapacitated police force. And so, you know, there's cigarette cartels that did fabulously out of the lockdown, uh, I- illegal, you know, shabining. Uh, uh, oddly enough, I was in Tugela Ferry on, on, on Heritage Day and, uh, you, liquor stores weren't allowed to be open, excepting in, in Tugela Ferry, the, the, the sort of capital of Msinga, one of the poorest areas of rural KZN. And there were the police buying booze from the Shabin. <laughs> Presumably they'd been helping them sell booze during the illegal lockdown. You know, so criminality just, it goes from small little things like that to, 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 to cabinet. Uh, and it's, uh, it is a crisis because where do South Africans turn, you know? Mm. And I think, I think Cecilia likes to make the point you've got to, you've got to guard your own garden. Mm. Uh, you, you really have to draw the line somewhere and just say, you know, you, you, people can't come in here and, and, and do anything to me. But, but that is also a challenge. Like another case that I've been working on uh, is the Rafferty murder case. Uh, mm. Glenn and Peter Rafferty murdered near Normandy, Newcastle and KZN. Yeah. And they, they they were in a very hard situation. Uh, I've confirmed that they had opened almost a dozen cases 
in the last couple of years of escalating theft, starting with pulling diesel out of a tractor in the middle of the night. You know, you can steal a couple of hundred rands diesel with a, just with a pipe and a mm. bucket to go and get someone's tractor. But then stealing sort of fancy equipment, stealing stock. And uh, oddly enough, one arrest and conviction was achieved last year. Uh, but then that person was released uh, as the prisons were sort of uh, decamped during lockdown. So that's a curious factor. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you know, uh, 95% of the cases, uh, there was hardly any investigation and, 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 and certainly no arrests and no prosecution. So they, they were being increasingly attacked and they – insisted on going to the police they, they were sweet law-abiding people mm. and and and, it, and it, it just worked out very very badly for them and in that community there's there's a huge tension because a lot of the farmers are armed and are prepared to guard their own space but when their stock is stolen uh it's you have to, to go and retrieve it you know what do you, you, you have to be on someone else's property and then the shoe's on the other foot. So what are you going to do? You know, one of the guys is like, you know, I've got a lot of connections. I can hire a, a, a Zulu MP to come with me to go and, and pull my stock back from where it's being hidden on that state farm. I have informants. I know exactly where it is. But if I start using brute force in the same way, if I don't go through the police, then I'm actually putting, I'm, I'm putting my moral character to the side. Like, I don't actually have a high ground to stand on then if people are using brute force to take stuff mm. from me. We've got to, we've got to protect ourselves, but we also have to energize the police and pressure the police to, to do their jobs. Otherwise, um, it's just chaos. Yeah. Uh, well, before, just before we go to the break, uh, let ask you a quick question. Would changing the Minister of Police make could it make a difference, or is the rot so so big that I don't know? You virtually have to dismantle the system and start again. Yeah, I think that uh, Biggie Kele has uh, he has made a lot of bad mistakes. Um, uh, alienated. You, I've 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 seen how he's dealt with with foreigners uh, in in Yeovil and Hillbrow, and how he's riled up crowds to to get more and more anti-foreign to deflect from police failures. I've seen how he has gone into Newcastle and riled up racial tensions and stigmatized whites to deflect from the failures of his own department. So I think that his position is largely symbolic, and at a symbolic level, he's not doing his job. So it would be nice to have a stronger symbolic leader. But ultimately, the biggest level change would be allow us to elect our own local police chiefs. That would be a real... I'd like, I'd like to pick that up, pick that up with you after the break. And so we'll go to the break now and then we'll carry on if, if we may. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to our discussion with Gabriel Krauser of the IRR on the issue of stock fit. Stock theft syndicates and it's their relationship to both the police and to the idea of expropriation without compensation. And um, before the break, Gabriel, you were talking about the, 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 the way to kind of really get to grips with the issue of policing is to have, um, citizens from, from the areas that are covered by the police stations vote for their own station commander. And I know that it's a, it's an idea that the IRR punts very, very strongly. Two questions. Would this, how would this make the difference? And two, is 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 an ANC government likely to allow it to happen? Um, so the way that it'd make a difference is that instead of having uh, police uh, chiefs sort of parachuted down uh, through the essentially the 
the patronage system or the or the loyalty based system, you would you would have which which undermines accountability. I mean, you can have a top down system if it's if it's got strong traditions, uh, strong uh, habits of accountability. But if you don't have that, if you just have loyalists appointing loyalists, um, which, which by the way seems to be the case in Senegal, one of the foremost uh, uh, allegations against one of the police uh, colonels around there mm-hmm. is that he had been uh, based uh, further east in the Free State and then serious allegations had been brought forward that he was involved in a hijacking syndicate where, where cars were basically being taken and, and then he was implicated in uh, or, or at least seriously accused of, of turning a blind eye to the this sort of chop shop where you, mm. you take the parts apart and then uh, make some money out of it. So instead of facing real consequences or clearing his name credibly, he was basically just relocated uh, as, I suppose, Redepl- the Catholic Church redeployed. Redeployed. Yes. So you don't want that system. You want a system where people are are the people who are feeling the brunt of crime and uh, feeling the, you know, seeing the performance of local police are in a position to uh, choose who stays and who goes. I think that uh, it's a very basic democratic principle that the closer you bring the sort of service receivers of of, of a government service to the service provider. Uh, at an accountability level, the the more transparent and, and the more effective the leadership will be. Is the ANC going to pass it? No, I don't think they are. Um, but let me just add a further caveat to that because we do propose this, and I think it seriously is a good idea. But there is also a big worry. If you look at community policing forums, some of them have been badly captured. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll give you a case in point. Norman Dean Police Station. Norman Dean uh, is near Newcastle and it's, it's next to the Rafferty farm where they were murdered. But Norman Dean is not a town. It is a police station, a tuck shop and a bend in the road. That's all Norman Dean is. And Norman Dean police station oversees a large area of, of entirely rural farmland. And it had a pretty good reputation. It was a pretty peaceful place until about 10 years ago when one lucky Shabalala uh, became the chair, formed a new community uh, policing forum and uh, and was elected chair of that. Mm. And at the time, he was an ANC Youth League guy, but then sort of pulled out of the ANC Youth League to be the CPF. And he, shortly after becoming uh, chairperson of the CPF, there were serious allegations that he was using his position uh, of closeness to the police to extract information from the police about ongoing investigations and feed that information to criminals who were then using it to dodge arrest. That was the first alleged problem. The second alleged problem is that he uh, complained about five police. He organized a march to the police station after a, a black person had been shot by a white farmer um, and said the police are, are not doing their job and they're racist and these five police have to go. Uh, two white police, three black police, but he said they're all terribly racist and they all have to go. And they didn't go immediately, but in the next couple of years, all five of those police were redeployed. Mm. And from poor black people, from, from successful white commercial farmers, from, from Indian farmers, I have heard across the board 
that things got much worse after that, that mm. crime mm. became much more prevalent because the effective police were replaced by ineffective police. Mm. Then a new commissioner, was, uh, a police chief was put in there, uh, Madela, and, and everyone I've spoken to has good words to say about him, but also this question of like, to what extent are his hands tied? To what extent is he aware that some of his uh, police are actually running their own stock on various people's farms mm. and that those same farms are then being used to hide stock that's stolen, including mm. stock that was stolen from the Rafferty farm. So again, mm. on a smaller scale, there seems to be a syndicate uh, in implicating the police of stock theft, which leads to a murder. Mm. And, and just there's this extra background story of a, a relatively democratic process being used but with very low interest. And I think part of the difference between a CPF and an actual ability to elect your police commissioner, your, 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 your station commander, is that the CPF, it seems it's just a liaison position. So it's easy for a lot of people to end up not voting and thinking, what does it really matter? And then mm. if you've got a rabble rouser who now is in the EFF, I mean, I've seen that. I met Lucky Shabalala. He was chanting, kill uh, 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 Panzi, Amabunu Panzi. He, he posts Facebook things about killing farmers. He's, he's really not a good guy. So he gets that little hardcore of radicals to elect him and no one else shows up to vote. But I think mm. if people could vote for their station commander, then you'd have everyone voting and then the radicals would be out and the, and the centrists, uh, would be in. Mm. Well, I, I, I agree with you about it unlikely to be implemented because I see that the government has put forward a bill that would essentially bring whatever whatever sort of police presence provincially and probably particularly city under national control. And that that is surely the, the wrong direction to be going in. Yeah, no, I mean, command, command, uh, council, lock, the command council that ran the lockdown, I think was very inspiring to, uh, uh, many of our cadres, mm. uh, in charge. I think they saw, you know, terrible results, uh, at the level of police brutality, terrible results at the level of the economy, terrible results at the level of actually stopping COVID. I mean, none of the things that you'd expect from a public interest point of view were achieved, but what was achieved, was a huge concentration of power in a small super legislative body that is basically unaccountable to anyone and uh and not that much complaint from big business not that mm-hmm. much complaint from uh from the big unions uh so the you know the power brokers that they worried about uh actually took that one relatively lying down and so i think that's just going to continue to inspire for for a few years to come uh, attempts to f- to solve problems of an over-centralized corrupt government by further centralizing it mm-hmm. and uh, and enlarging it. You know, governments being big, governments being the problem. So let's just make the government bigger. That's that's a really weird idea, but it's a, it's a winning idea apparently. It seems to be, and it also seems to be the basis for a lot of our economic ills. In that. Uh much has been said about reducing the cost of the of the civil service, and the only thing the ANC seems determined to do is increase the costs of the of the civil service. But Gabriel, I'd like to thank you hugely for coming onto the show and just giving us this this insight into a, a world once suspected existed, but probably many people didn't actually know existed. So once again, thank you very much, and uh, we'll speak to you again in the future.